0: Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarysaintgeorges.org. You may be seated, and a very warm welcome to you to St. George's Church, part of the Parish of Calvary St. George's. And, uh, boy, what a week we've had. And, uh, um, I didn't think that there was um, any more room for the uh, tension and anxiety barrel, like you know, to fit any more of that in. But uh, clearly, there was room for more, and um, and uh, it's been a it's been a wild ride. It's been an interesting week. I think we can all agree on that. And uh, some of you may be feeling incredibly relieved, and some of you may be feeling incredibly disappointed. But let me tell you. There will be, as long as we're humans, and I love that reading from Joshua, because you see Israel and Joshua says, choose this day whom you'll serve. And you know, you'll hear people be like, oh yes, today we're going to serve the Lord. Today we're really going to do it, just like Israel. And guess what? Well, read the book of Judges. It becomes a total, total disaster. The good news of the gospel is not that you ever chose God, but that in his amazing and profound grace and mercy, he has chosen each and every one of you in his son, Jesus. The problem is, is that we forget that. We forget that. And so we continue to make the tension and anxiety barrel bigger as we begin to fool ourselves into believing that we are the ones who are ultimately in control. The point of Joshua, as it moves into the book of Judges, is that we are not in control at all. And as a matter of fact, our ability and our attempts to take control manifest itself in huge messes. I think this is a great cause of the anxiety in our society. We don't believe, actually, that time will end. And so because the beat goes on and on and on and on, it just stirs up more anxiety in us, more need to control. Whoever you voted for, Democrat or Republican, at Calvary St. George's, As Ben said at the beginning of this service, we confess that our loyalty ultimately rests in a king. Jesus Christ, the righteous, who is the savior of everyone in both parties. There's a reason reason why our doors are painted red. And it has nothing to do with a timeless color scheme. Rather, our doors are painted red, Protestant churches were painted red to remind us that we enter into a new community, where St. Paul tells us in his epistle to the Ephesians, the walls of hostility that exist between us, brought on by our anxiety and our need to control, have been torn down by the shedding of his blood. Therefore, in these walls, we confess a greater reality than that which we can see in the world around us. We confess that God is in control, and he's working through all things, the joys, the pains, the disappointments of life. He's working through history in the highs and the real lows, guiding our way, To the ultimate end of history, Judgment Day, where no matter the presidential outcome, he is the one who makes all things right. This is what Jesus is teaching us in our gospel reading today. And this is what we confess as Christians. In the Creed, we believe that Jesus will come again to judge both the living and the dead. That's the point of St. Paul's epistle today. People were like, What's up with the dead and when is Jesus coming back? But this is my first point. One of the main truths that Jesus is articulating in this parable in our gospel reading today is that life just isn't going to go on forever. Rather, when it comes to time, there is a beginning and there is an end. And at the end, there shall be a judgment day. Our gospel reading, the parable of the wise and the unwise bridesmaids, teaches us that truth. Now, when a preacher mentions judgment day, it immediately, especially Episcopalians, it can make us feel a little nervous. You know, it must be bad when the Episcopalians start talking about judgment day. So, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, but, uh, It makes us nervous because the Bible clearly teaches that there will be some who are left out. There will be wise bridesmaids and there will be foolish bridesmaids. And the truth is, is that can trigger a sense of anxiety within us. However, the powerful thing about the parable is, when it is placed within its context a first century Jewish wedding, it enables us to see ourselves as we actually are. And then it enables us to see the bridegroom as he actually is. And then, God willing, that word touched by the Spirit begins to ease the anxiety we all seem to be feeling with the promise of the gospel. Jesus here uses a first-century Jewish wedding to talk about Judgment Day. Isn't that interesting? And in those days, what happened was, is typically the bride and the groom were betrothed for a year in order to make preparations. And the wedding was this exhilarating event where not only the families were invited and friends were invited, but the entire community was invited, and communities over there were invited to this big, huge party. And what would happen is is that the bride and the groom would be brought to the father of the groom's home or maybe into the new home that the groom had prepared. And, uh, And they would exchange their vows in front of everyone. And there would be a great rejoicing and it would be exciting. And then everybody in the wedding party and all of the guests would leave and they would go outside including the bridesmaids and the marriage would be consummated right then and there. And after that, after the consummation of the wedding, the groom would come out and he would gather all the guests and he would greet everybody. And when he would come out, they would greet him and shout, Behold, the bridegroom comes! And everyone would celebrate. They'd go into this reception and celebrate for several days, sometimes up to a week. Remember in John, uh, when Jesus goes to that wedding feast in Cana? I mean, it is going on for days. Now, this bridegroom in our parable today, well, he's interesting, isn't he? He's kind of like Chris Brown in his genius R- R&B album, Graffiti. Do you remember that one? It's really good. But he takes his time. He takes his time. Because note, this is a daytime wedding, and he returns at midnight. Wow. The bridegroom takes his time. I'm a preacher, not an R&B singer. But anyway. But I do that because I don't want you to get distracted by the oil flasks and who brought enough oil and who didn't. Because while the bridegroom was really delayed, all, notice what Jesus says, all lost their wedding banquet excitement. Both the wise... And the foolish bridesmaids fell asleep. This is what I was talking about earlier about tension and anxiety. Our anxiety is the result of the fact that we have fallen asleep to the totality of our faith, that God is actually in control. We have all fallen asleep watching 24-hour news this week. We've all fallen asleep wondering what other people are doing. We've all fallen asleep on our social media platforms. We've all fallen asleep because our jobs are just so dang busy. We've all fallen asleep because we are obsessively worrying about everything and nothing at the same time. And no one seems to be redeemable. Our expectancy of the bridegroom to return has waned. And as your pastor, I count myself amongst the guilty. There is a consuming part of us, and when we begin to really look at it and analyze it, there is a consuming part of us that is livid with life. And COVID, the elections, that's not the issue. That's just the NyQuil on a suppressed anger with life, which is pushing us, the unprepared and the prepared bridesmaids, into a deeper sleep. And this is my second point. Wise and foolish does not connotate an inherent quality of righteousness. All the bridesmaids went to a daytime wedding. If anything, the wise bridesmaids, like many of us currently, must have appeared like neurotic and obsessive control freaks. Were you showing up with oil and lamp for a daytime wedding? Why didn't you? You know? No. It's my second point. They all fell asleep. You and I, we've fallen asleep. Wise and foolish. Like many of us, we've quit believing the bridegroom will return. And then, behold the bridegroom. Now it's on. And everyone is shaken out of the business. Now everyone wakes up. This is the end of the age. When the bridegroom has claimed his bride and has returned to gather the guests for the biggest and best wedding reception the universe has ever known. That sucker is about to get started. The DJ is spinning. The dance floor is ready. And there is about to be one heck of a chicken dance. And those foolish bridesmaids, all of us, their anxiety starts to rise They try and take control. Give us some of your oil. They plead with the wise ones. And this is why, read the text closely, this is why wise does not connotate inherent quality of righteousness. Because the wise ones don't share, they're, they're terrible. They don't share their oil. And they're terrible evangelists. They're not like, hey, just keep cool. This bridegroom's great. No, they're like, go back to the store and get some more oil at midnight when all the stores are closed. I mean, think about it. What kept kept the five foolish bridesmaids out of the reception was not they, they didn't have enough oil. Rather, it was they didn't recognize or know the content the quality and the character of the bridegroom. They allowed their anxiety to get the upper hand. They trusted in themselves and their own justification instead of trusting in the bridegroom to provide all that they needed to enjoy that midnight reception. What we see here is that they did not have faith in, nor did they believe in, the goodness and the grace and the mercy of the bridegroom who would return. And while he may have been taking his time, he had everything completely and totally under his control. Some of us have our wicks trimmed, Our lamps filled with oil. And some of us just have lamps. And others of us, and I'm probably in that category, our lamps are somewhere in a trunk. Nevertheless, you and I believe in the grace and mercy of that bridegroom. If you didn't, you wouldn't be here today. Jesus Christ, we believe in him. And we believe He has given us all that we need in this age. So while you may be asleep with control and anxiety, wake up! This is my third point. You and I, here at Calvary St. George's, we live as a people who, although we have anxiety, we know that it's actually not helping anything. And so we can confess it. We live as a people who know the bridegroom is coming, and he has, and he will give us all we need to enter into the banquet, the end of the age. He's given us everything in the perfect righteousness of Jesus. So therefore, like St. Paul says, we live as those who are watchful. We live as those who are sober and alert. And what does that look like? Well, it looks like doing our jobs and living our lives and serving our neighbor. Whoever was elected doesn't change that. It looks like hearing the word and receiving the body and the blood of Jesus, praying and praising this is my story. This is my song. Giving thankfully to the work of the ministry. Whoever was elected doesn't change that. Focused on the bridegroom, Jesus, and his gospel and his tremendous love for the whole world. Because when he returns, it will be sudden and it will be quick and it will be without warning. You never know when that party's going to begin. Until then, wake up. Enjoy your forgiveness. And maybe this week, resist the urge to post a response on our conservative or progressive's Cousins Facebook page. And laugh with those who laugh. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. And mourn with those who mourn. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarysaintgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.